0: Hey there, Marley mates, and welcome back to Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where I'm your host, Ryan Marlett, and we're going to talk about stuff and things related to my artwork. So this should be well rehearsed because I actually took a take earlier today, recorded a, a whole segment, went to review it, and there was an error. So I get to do it again for you. So that's okay. This should be completely polished and so smooth and so very elegant eloquent. Yep, I already dicked it up. There we go. That's all right. Eloquent, eloquent, elephant. I don't know elephants. So today we're going to talk about a couple of pieces and of course it's been mentioned several times on the show before how much music is an influence in my artwork especially uh, particular bands, Kiss, Weezer, Misfits, and of course that's what we're going to talk about today is another set of Misfits influenced pieces and i was looking around my apartment and like it i know what an impact it is like i get the volume of stuff that i've got that has a mark of the Misfits on it in some capacity and so i was just looking around and i've got a lot like within arm's reach of of quite a bit of stuff and it's not all necessarily specifically misfits, but you could certainly see some characteristics and different traits that I've taken and apply towards other stuff. Because I do a lot of skull artwork, I do a lot of different skeleton things, and misfits are very much, you know, a huge part of that. So today I'm going to talk about a Halloween prop, and I'm going to talk about just kind of a, uh, I guess it's a piece of decor, if you will, perhaps. Um, well, actually both end up being that for that matter, but Back in the summertime, I scored this most excellent huge Halloween lot of just random stuff, and it was, I think it was probably July time frame-ish, it was like two great big totes, a giant great big like lawn bag size, it might have even been like three or four totes, I don't know, it was a lot of stuff, and I know that some of it I couldn't even, like I had to get the totes back, and other ones I could keep, so By and large, I I can't remember the exact amount of stuff that I got. But it was a ton of stuff. Stuff. And in that was everything from decor to props to uh, party supplies. Like all sorts of stuff. One of the things that was in there was just kind of this low-end foam. Kind of cheesy, mass-produced Halloween prop, groundbreaker, zombie skeleton thing. And I used that to create... The uh, misfits fiend or crimson ghost, however you wanna, however you wanna call that, and I turned it into more of a of a decoration, or I guess you could consider it a prop, but it's more like just a it's a hanging. I turned it into something to kind of hang up, and so it's um it's pretty cool. I think by and large, it's significantly improved compared to what it once was. And basically, as I said before, it was just a cheap foam, kind of zombie-ish, but mostly skeletal. The chest itself was just a, a molded foam, styrofoam rib cage. The head was also foam, but the jaw was plastic, and it's got hinges at the at the jaw line where it connects. And then the arms were just some wire frames that could be posable that were just wrapped in a very thin uh, foam tube and then plastic skeleton hands. And on top of that, to kind of tie it all together, it had kind of that um, gardening mesh, kind of the weed barrier type stuff, because it's very light but it's effective when it comes to being able to use in Halloween props like that. And then some of the creepy cloth to to get over top of it. It had some of the kind of faux uh, straw-like hair at the top. And that was kind of it. It was fairly beat up. The jaw had become uh, disconnected at one side. And it was just average at best. Nothing special about it. But I thought it would be an opportunity to turn that into a Misfits prop exclusively. So I got some things that I needed. One of which was I needed some kind of a robe or a cloak to make it into the Crimson Ghost. And what I used was I found a red tablecloth from a thrift shop and I washed it, brought it home, cut it to size. And now it's an actual like wall hanging where all said and done, because I used it to have like to form a somewhat of a hood and then some sleeves, but then the whole thing just drapes down and ends up being just about five feet tall and it's about 13 inches across. So it's not quite life size. Slightly smaller, but I feel like it works. And I'll describe the process, what I used, how I got it to look the way that it does, and then we'll go from there. I completed this piece on 22 October of 23, and even though I'd gotten most of the stuff that I needed throughout the summer, like I collected uh, the the foundation mostly from that lot that I got over the summertime, and then as it grew closer, probably somewhere in July-ish is when I picked up the tablecloth and then I was just kind of standing by to, to do it when I was ready. So I knew what I wanted to do. I had all the parts and, and pieces assembled. Now it was a matter of actually making it happen. So I started from scratch. I kind of broke it down to brass tacks and it was just the the torso, the arms, the hands, and the head. The head, specifically the jaw, was broken in one spot. And so I had to reattach that. The arms were fine. The chest was fine. They weren't going to be as big of a focal point. It was really just going to be the hands and the face. And of course the, the robe or the cloak. And so what I did was cut the hair off, cut it down. I was able to remove most of the, the creepy cloth and the weed barrier stuff, and then I just laid a foundation of flat black paint on it. Put the paint down, let it dry, and then I went back over all of the sculpted details with a kind of a whitish cream-colored base to make it pop. So looking at it head-on, you can see the rib cage underneath, and you can see some of the other other design elements like the um, the spine that kind of shows through. The sternum, the the shoulder blades, and so forth. But that wasn't meant to necessarily be super prominent, just kind of there. And so I went over that with, with the white, the cream. Same thing with the hands. I painted them solid black, flat black, and then dry brushed over top of them so that you could see it and it was clearly defined. But at the same time, it wasn't a complete white repaint. And so like you'll see every bit of the nook and cranny, every bit of those those black lines in between, all the details where the bones connect, where the joints connect, all the different digits and so forth. And so that adds a lot of definition and detail with that. And then on the face, I painted the face to look as closely like the Misfit's skull, the Crimson Ghost, the Fiend, as I could, but it's slightly different because working on a three dimensional object is obviously it's not a flat piece. And so it doesn't quite always translate the same way. And I like that challenge because, because it's not flat. And so it makes it a little bit more tricky to, to work with. Now, one of the things that I regret doing is that when I finished the skull and when I had to repair the jawline, the mouth remains open. And so, whereas the misfit skull is a closed mouth, and I thought I would still be able to paint over it, and I did in the same style, but with the jaw being open, it kind of gives it a little bit of a different look to it. So it's not in-your-face Misfits. It's very much, if you know what you're looking at, you'll, you'll, you'll look at it and be like, oh yeah, that's, the, that's Misfits. Because the, the imagery is so iconic from some of their different album covers and just usage uh, throughout their existence so the face has that level of detail specifically within the eyes like you can see a lot of characteristics that are taken from that the way i positioned the arms that's where it, it really stands out because the arms are crossed across the chest like somebody laid to rest and so you've got the hands that are very focused on the shoulders where they would be essentially and then you've got the the tablecloth that was formed around the head like a hood and around the arms like sleeves, and then the rest of it just drapes down. And so it very much resembles what I wanted it to. And I was able to increase the size and maybe make it expand so that it was not just kind of this cheap, lame, mass produced, I don't know, just kind of chintzy groundbreaker piece. So now where it's more of, it's actually hanging, I've got it hanging like on the edge of a doorway And it's been there since i since i made it like it's fallen a couple of times but it's meant to hang it's meant to be freestanding and so not freestanding but like make it look like it's standing and i used some plastic prop chain to hang it by so there's like a little hook on the back of the head and then i use that to to basically suspend it i'm pleased with how it turned out like i said i wish the jawline was a little bit different i kind of if i if i could go back and do it again I would keep the mouth shut, but the thing about Halloween props or decorations or things like that is that unlike some of my other more traditional artwork, it's not really, I mean, yes, it's, it's artwork, but it's not necessarily the same thing. So sometimes it requires more maintenance. Sometimes they require repaints. For example, like the, the actual groundbreaker that I did with the mannequin over the summertime that I used a lot of great stuff for the foam and the detail work. That actual that skull from that piece came out of this huge lot that I got and you know over time being exposed to elements if it's outside on display weather, any sort of uh, just movement storage all that stuff sometimes things get bumped or scraped or need to get a little bit of extra love just to kind of touch them up so you know there's not like that final end all like once it's signed it's signed type type thing so there could be There could be room for improvement down the road. But for now, I like it. I think it's worthwhile. I I haven't talked about a ton of Halloween props that I've done on here. And even though it's not so much, it's a prop, but it's more along the lines of, of more just decor. So I like it. I hope you dig it too. And I'm excited to talk about the next piece as well. The other piece that we're going to talk about tonight is actually, it may have actually originated as a Halloween something or other. So it's a Bucket. Well, it's like a, yeah, it's a bucket. And it could have been a Halloween bucket. Maybe it was an Easter basket. It was one of these novelty buckets where it was basically a Batman head. And I saw it at a thrift shop. I think I paid like two bucks for it. Plastic, not super big. Smaller than like the classic, you know, uh, molded, blown orange pumpkin buckets for Halloween. A little bit smaller than that. And a much more durable plastic, like a kind of a hard plastic. And so, I got the idea from something I saw online, probably one of the Misfits pages that I follow, where I've seen that there are these vinyl DIY paint-it-yourself type uh, kits that you can get out there. Like, in fact, I've actually done a custom for uh, a buddy of mine. I did a, uh, a Funko Pop. It has. It was just a, a plain like unfinished white vinyl Groot. And he asked me to to uh, customize it for him and so I did. And it was it was pretty cool. But there there's all sorts of things like that. And there are kits that you can get. I've seen them where you can get like stormtrooper helmets and they're just it's basically like a blank canvas but it's but it's a, a vinyl figure or a little little display. And so I saw that somebody had come across a Batman one. And they painted the skull right across the face. And I thought, man, that's money. I really dig that. And I wasn't necessarily seeking out to find it to do the same thing. But I love getting ideas from other people when, you know, there's the sky's the limit. So you can really, you can do whatever. And the interwebs are freaking awesome for that because like there's just so much out there. And like you never know when you're going to stumble across something and find it, whatever. So I, I saw that. And I just remarked to myself that it was pretty clever, and I thought it was a, a cool use of that of that piece. Well, I was in a thrift shop, you know, sometime after that, and I, I saw that bucket, and I got the same idea. And I actually kind of walked past it and just, I'm like, nah, I mean, it's not exactly what I would think to do with that. But then as i continue to walk the store usually like i've got a routine like i'll walk through i'll walk through the toys i'll walk through all the 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 different art aisles and and look at the the mass-produced arts or the discarded you know things there i'll look through the dolls and the statues and and i just kind of comb through all this different stuff and then i'll do like another pass and i grabbed it and i saw it and i'm like you know what why not it's like two bucks and so the head itself is just that it's just a head And it's got a handle on it. It's mostly black. The eyes were white, and like the under the from the nose to the chin, it was just cream-colored, you know, flesh tone. And so I got it, and I'm like, all right, let's go for it. Just give it a shot. If it works out, cool. If it doesn't, whatever. It was two bucks. So same thing. I painted the eyes black, and I painted the the mouth, like the the chin region, black. So the whole thing was just solid black. And then I went over top of it with a white high gloss uh, acrylic paint, and I just went to town and just painted the, the the fiend skull on top of it. And it works; it comes together. Even though it was also a three dimensional type piece, because it's not a flat surface, it was a little bit challenging to do because there are different layers. There are different sections that you got to navigate and try to find the way to make it make it connect make it translate and what's funny is that because of the mask the nose is so like triangular and pointed that it kind of is it's kind of funny to look at especially like when you're looking around it and you can see from different angles there's the the nose pointing out it just doesn't necessarily (laughs) it's not something you would expect to see from the misfits uh from the fiend from the crimson ghost on that skull. And so it's it's a little more pointed, but then when you look at it straight on, if you were to look at it straight on and somehow take it so that it was just it would be a flat picture, then you can see the rest of the detail and it just blends right in. So it works. I, I dig it. But what I think is kind of cool about it is that I actually continued the paint job down the face and around the chin. So it's actually the way it sits is it, it kind of hides part of the painting. And so it's almost like the the design or the image goes off the page and around the corner because it actually it comes down around the front of the chin to the bottom of the piece. And so it doesn't just stop at the edge. I wanted to, to paint the whole thing on there. And I think that's what makes it special because it runs off the page literally. And it's something that even though You can't necessarily see it unless you pick it up and and hold it and like kind of rotate it a little bit. I think it's kind of different that way. So, um, yeah, I, whether it was, uh, initially designed to be a Halloween bucket, or if it was an Easter basket, there's these novelty things that are a dime a dozen. You can see them all every year, all over the place. And I thought I'd give it a chance and and I'm happy with how it turned out. So let me know what you think, put your comments in the comment section, give me a a yay or a nay but it's kind of fitting because it shows that you can turn anything into a halloween prop or a decoration doesn't matter what it is um you can take old chintzy gaudy porcelain statues and do what i do smash the heads off and replace it with an eyeball or paint them up like zombies like you can do anything the sky's the limit just use your imagination that's the fun part you don't ever have to necessarily just do things the way people expect them to and to me if anything that's the best part to me. Like, you can just do whatever you want. Bob Ross used to say, you know, this is your world. You're the creator. And um, yeah, go with that. Just just have a good time. Have fun. And that's the best part too about th- shopping at a thrift shop because if you dick it up and it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, what'd you spend? Like three bucks? Who cares? Take a, take a chance. Treat yourself. You know what I'm saying? It is no surprise that Marley Mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's right. So whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning in to the Facebook Lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of Facebook and Instagram, that's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch, Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month. The cost of a mocha chaka, bullshit. You could have a membership to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name, in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramones' Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at M-R-M-M-H-O-D. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast... It's to remember that you are not alone, ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988. Then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.